Hello everyone, you're listening to America Meditating Radio. We collect wisdom, inspire each other, and empower hearts on demand 24-7. I'm Sister Jenna, host of the syndicated America Meditating Radio. Join us as we talk one-on-one with leading experts who answer life's most compelling questions. Because in a world of uncertainty, we need answers right here, right now. America Meditating Radio, a show for everyone to learn more about this amazing thing called life. Om Shanti, everyone. I can't believe it's been a year since the meditation museums are closed. I just can't think about it. You know, I never even thought we could last for even four or six months, and that we've still been going with both of the museums still available to be opened when all of this blows over, that we'll be able to have that sacred space to come to. But in the meanwhile, hopefully we've been enjoying coming together intimately here It's touched my heart so much how you've showed up so real that we've been able to support each other during this process. There's no doubt that many of us, I don't care how great you are, you could be T.D. Jakes, Oprah Winfrey, or the man next door. Nobody knows what's going to happen after COVID. (laughs) Everyone's hoping for the best, though. I don't think anyone wants the worst to appear after this. We want the best. So what if you've been living your life and you've just been on your travels? You've gotten yourself educated. You listened to what mom and dad told you. 
you studied, you've got everything, you're working in a job that is supposed to be the job, waiting to get the marriage, and then the kids, and something in your spirit says, wait a minute, isn't there more to it than this? And is the more a spirit call, not just a physical one, but are we really only here to just get up in the mornings, brush our teeth, wash our face, go to work, earn some money, pay our mortgage, our bills, our insurance, and then go to bed at night? Are we here to just keep wondering when Mr. or Mrs. Wright is going to find us and settle ourselves in? Is that really what it's all about? <laughs> My special guest today is saying, nope, there's <laughs> so much more to life than what meets the eye. And she's been kind of breaking through these walls, you know, she's like, I don't want my life to be limited, even though I might not know exactly where I'm going to end up. I don't want to live in a wall. I don't want to live behind a wall. So let me introduce you to Preeti Upala. Preeti Upala is a former investment banker turned thought leader and media entrepreneur based in Hollywood, California. She works as a geopolitical expert, award-winning international columnist, and is the director of the Omnia Institute. She hosts a popular news show called The Preeti Experience and is a much sought-after radio and TV commentator on shows around the world. Along with being an author, Preeti is a political analyst, and her work appearing in more than 100 publications, including The Observer, The National Business Standard, Foreign Policy, Times of India. She has spoken at various think tanks and has been a keynote speaker of many global summits. Preeti has received the Young Leader of the Decade Award, at the Women's Economic Forum, as well as the Icon of the Year at Promising Indian Foundation. No stranger to adventure, Preeti has visited over 100 countries and imbues her literary and journalistic work with international sensibilities. Her expertise is on foreign policy, U.S.-India relations, South Asian politics. She speaks five languages and so much more. Please let me bring on Preeti Upala. Preeti? You make some girls just like, come on, girl, could you just slow down so we can get a break? <laughs> namaste, Sister Jenna, and namaste to everyone, your wonderful audience. Such a pleasure and an honor to be on your platform. And thank you for those kind words. I am only here to tell the girls, hey, you can do it too, girl. <laughs> telling you, you know what? I have been wired do not believe that my life is to be limited based on what my parents have told me or what the society tells me. And I don't know if it's the same for you, but do you feel like it's almost as if it's your dharma, it's like your karma, it's already recorded in you. It's not that you're pushing your way through, or it's not that somebody's telling you need to be this, but it's as if there's a recording in your soul that's saying, no, go here, do it like this. No, it's got to be done like this. Have you had that same feeling? Absolutely. And that's your inner voice speaking to you when your inner self or your soul, Atman, right, is guiding you and you must listen to it. But yes, I've had experiences where you're just following the script that you think is written for you, but the universe has its own script for you. And when you're lucky enough to have a spiritual awakening, you realize that the universal script for you is the right one and it's greater than anything you can put together for yourself. And it's not easy because it might have different timelines and there's different things on the menu than you probably imagined or wanted, but you have to surrender to it, to the divine flow. And there's great 
satisfaction and happiness once you do that but it's a test because you know your universe is asking you to trust it and there's nothing to show for that other than the experience that you're about to have but you must fully immerse yourself and trust me it'll be worth it and it never gets old you know whether you're 20 or you're 50 it's just as exciting it's just as scary it's asking you to really have surrender and faith and you must be brave actually it requires a lot of courage to kind of dive into the abyss but all i can say is wherever there is the risk there is the reward and in my life certainly i've taken a lot of risks and i've been rewarded at every turn so just from that perspective i recommend people to do it because it will pay off there's always a pot of gold at the end beautiful well you know like your profile says you are wide for adventure <laughs> it is just in your dna let's say you're beautiful you're educated you're not afraid of stepping into the abyss there's some women who see that and they get intimidated by it how do you handle when you encounter a woman that you can sense energetically is intimidated by just you how do you handle them that's a great question it's funny because i'm involved in several media projects right now i'm kind of the only female it's a very heavily male dominated whether it's politics or sports and i'm sensing that it's not just the women that are intimidated maybe the men as well and i think navigating through men is a little different to navigating through women i think with the women you know people get triggered their insecurities come up i think with women unfortunately it's a little biological it's subconscious we have that herd mentality because you know back in the day one was picked right and she would end up having a life and the procreation and all of that we've moved on from that obviously however i think the caveman mentality is still in our mind and women just have this competitive thing and it's biological it's hormonal you know it's like hey i'm good enough to get this life that i desire but if you're going to be here i'm not going to be able to get that with you here that's why there's that animosity you have to disarm them somehow and that only you can do by making them feel comfortable and it shouldn't be the case you shouldn't have to be the one to sort of make somebody else comfortable but all you can do is try you know and you just conduct yourself in a way where they understand that you're beyond what you look like or what you're wearing and i think in my case it's with the words that i speak it's how i speak what i say suddenly the focus is off anything physical and they're listening to what i say and what i say is not about me and my achievements or my life it's about something completely different and they shift their focus too and they follow me where i'm going and then they realize oh she's just trying to be a good person doing something for society this is something we must support to understand that their insecurities are projections only now with the men is different you know i think sometimes you do have to maybe be firm and tell them that you won't be sidelined or silenced and you're here to stay and you can hold your own you're confident and also that you are a feminine soft vulnerable person and you bring that to the table and it should be a good addition right the feminine energy should be a good addition to say a room full of men and ultimately it always works out like that but maybe in the beginning they're just like what is this who is this you know I have to combat both on a daily basis. It's not easy, especially with the male thing, it's not. 
I'm sure that you can feel that energy projecting yes. on you, yes. and then you can sort of intuitively feel it. This is yes. saying that, why do I have to dim my light so you can yes. shine or feel more comfortable with yourself? Yes. Why don't you raise your light? Why don't yes. you shine either as bright as I am or even brighter? And I think yes. that's such an important next normal that I believe we can move into is where women in particular really support each other's glory and successes and amazingness. And when it comes on to working with men, that there's really like, I don't need to attack your masculinity. I'm just saying, here's another way that we can look in this. What do you think? And to see how we can find that energy of respect for each other to build this story. We're relearning so much, Preeti, as a result of this pandemic. Everybody is learning something about themselves at levels that they never, ever thought of. What have you learned as a result of this life reset in the last year? Where have you been going inside of yourself and what have you been discovering? Amazing question. I've been realizing how the possibilities are unlimited for me, where I can go, the reach that I can have, and where I should go with this. I think pre-COVID, I had some projects I was working on and some aspirations. There were probably some goals. I thought, okay, I can reach here. I'd like to do this, maybe speak here. And I have a book idea and all of that. But last year, I got so involved in media engagements and appearing on many, many shows and so on. I think I did almost 300. I was doing one almost every day and I loved it. And I got so many invitations to give lectures, to speak to students, corporate you know, groups and stuff about a range of topics actually. And all of that only reinforced that I can affect people at large, big crowds, you know, big numbers. And I realized I should be doing this on a very, very big stage. Go for it. Don't think, no, 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 this event is enough for me. But hey, like, why not, you know, really reach for the stars? So I think I'm understanding that my own aspirations, I can expand those. Also, yeah, limitless possibilities, you know, spirit is unlimited. You know, as somebody who travels a lot and is very much out there in the world, last year has been one where, like most people, I have been at home more probably last year than the last 10 years put together. So I'm enjoying my domestics. I think I'm more immersed in my space, my living space, which probably I never have ever. So enjoying my home, enjoying my space, I'm redecorating it, beautifying it, you know, getting just more solitude, being more intimate with myself in my space. So that sort of stuff is not something I would have imagined myself to like, but I have really liked it. And even when the COVID thing is gone, I think I'm going to continue to just be more connected to my living space. I think in a way that I probably never did. I love that. I love hearing that. I think... There's something being gifted to us about the value of kind of small things or precious moments of maybe just walking from one room to another room and having a thought or a download of something inspiring and actually having the time to grab a piece of paper and write that down. Whereas before we were so busy moving and shaking that it just wasn't always so easy. You know, going back to something that you were sharing about how much you've done. One of the things that I've noticed is that sometimes we get stuck in being limited, right? Have you ever been in a position, Preeti, where you just felt like, I don't know how I'm going to do this? 
And when you found yourself there, what did you do to find the courage to break that? And I ask you this really intentionally. There are so many people in the world right now. They will package themselves in a box and say, no, I can't do that. That's for you to do. But how do you know you've not tried? Have you ever been in that position where you weren't sure you could do it, but you did it anyway? What was that energy? What was that thought in you that made you take that step? Well, moving here was one such thing where you just have to dive in and take the plunge. But one specific example was the first year when I moved here, I learned about all these film festivals around the world, these fabulous sort of Hollywood film festivals where the Hollywood community around the world, entertainment community around the world would come and meet and have screenings and award shows and galas and all. It was fabulous and for the arts, soulful for us as well. And of course, the biggest film festival is the Cannes Film Festival in the south of France. It's very hard to get invited there. It's very expensive. All the accommodation is booked up months in advance. Pricey to fly there, stay for several weeks doing your thing. Networking is difficult because if you don't know anyone, how are you going to know where the big events are? So I remember a few months before that I learned about it and I had a desire to be at that film festival that year. And I didn't know how it was going to happen, but I just sort of kept dreaming and kept hoping and thinking positive and slowly things happened. I actually did something very drastic. I said, look, I don't know how this is going to work out. I don't have a badge. I don't have an official invitation. I don't have accommodation. I don't know anyone there. I've never been to Cannes before. I'm just going to get a ticket to Nice. I think at that point, it was just a one-way ticket to Nice. And I'm just going to get myself there with a little suitcase. And let's see what happens. And I did that. I bought a one-way ticket to Nice. I bought the ticket the day before the festival started. So it was really last minute. Got it. On the plane, I ended up meeting someone who was also going there, you know, who had this and that. And before I knew it, I was saying it. To be honest, somebody had an extra suite that they gave me. So I got this beautiful accommodation. Someone had a spare badge that they gave me. Someone knew about all the parties. Someone knew this director, that director. I ended up going to the official dinner, the official closing award show that nobody gets invited to. I walked the red carpet. All these photographers... They didn't know who I was. They thought I was some superstar and I was there in the newspapers and all of that. So all of this happened just because I got myself there. If I had been scared of how is this going to work out, I would have never bought that flight. I mean, who does that? Who flies not having any place to go to when they land? Well, I did that and it completely paid off. But I went with my gut at every turn and there were some things I didn't go because they didn't feel right. But The universe was definitely looking out for me. So that's a great example, actually, of how things really worked out. And I ended up staying for six weeks instead of two weeks. And then I traveled to the rest of Europe and made friends and had quite many adventures. And now I go every year for about a month. I love it. I love Nice. I remember driving from Nice to Monaco. And you know that drive, you're overlooking the Mediterranean. I prefer to Ah. drive or take a train sometimes, yeah one of the most gorgeous places on the planet Earth. I get that. So you said, well, who does what you did? Preeti Upala does that. Yes, yes. (laughs) Well, why not? Let's just give it a try. I think sometimes we hold ourselves back just because of the thoughts, you know? You had the thought, okay, 
But then that thing that just drove you, well, just get the ticket. One way, I'll be fine. Yeah. And just to have those quality of thoughts supporting what you think is that vision that wants to welcome you in itself is the means of unstucking you. You know, and I believe in the impossible becoming possible. And some of the things that really gets to me and my whole team and family member knows is when they come to me and say like they can't do something. I go, what? There's just no way it's possible. We can do anything we put our minds to. And I think we are at that particular point where we're being invited to think the impossible and know that it will be possible. And it really starts with just the thought and the belief system inside of you. Have you ever been afraid, Preeti, of anything? And if you were, how did you overcome it? Interesting. Funnily enough, I wasn't afraid when I moved here from Sydney to LA. Very similar. It was another one-way ticket that I bought and landed here. To be honest, I did not have accommodation either. None of that phased me. I think what phased me more was actually when I was much more established here and they were projects that were presented to me and, you know, having to say no to them for whatever reason or being involved in a collaboration and realizing, oh, this is much more problematic than I realized. You know, Hollywood is a very difficult place. You deal with a lot of egos. There are a lot of sharks out here. And unfortunately, there are too many times when you will be in conflict with whether it's your agent or manager or another director or another actor, let's say. And that's happened for sure. It's not fun when you realize that the only way to end this is to part ways. That's happened many times. Another difficult point, I think, for me was I had a book idea and I started writing a particular book and then realizing that there is another book instead that needs to be written first through me. And at this point, I even had a publisher who was interested and there was a contract on the table and sort of having the courage to not sign it and take a chance with the other book that you don't really know where it's going to go, but you just think that it's a good idea that could work. I think that takes courage. It's very unsettling because you think this is a good opportunity here and I'm going to give this up for uncertainty and something completely unknown that may not work out at all. That's tricky. Actually, that happened not that long ago. But I made that choice and I'm glad I did. I know it's going to work out in the end. I have a lot of conviction. I think it's that conviction that has taken me around the world fearlessly to do things. So I have to have conviction also in my creative project to know I'm going to work with this person, I'm going to work with this brand, with this company, this upstart, because it feels right. Your instinct will guide you. Your intuition will tell you this person is not someone you want to trust. This brand is probably not someone you want to be associated with. So you have to follow it, even though they may be saying nice things. People always want to build a pipe dream here. Every meeting you have here in Hollywood is always, this is going to be the biggest thing since sliced bread, and it never is. It never even takes off the ground half the time. You've ended wasting right. a lot of time and energy. I can't believe that people still use that line. I mean, I <laughs> They do, it. they do all the time. <laughs> it so just funny. makes no sense. Yeah. I've heard it over and over again because everyone loves, you know, the energy field and yes. how many folks we're connected with, and I'm like, yeah, okay, that's great. How Are you peaceful? <laughs> are you pure? <laughs> 
Uh, are you happy? That's what I'm interested in before yeah. we actually go to see who we can find to be a best fit for you. Being educated as you are and a lover of the academics, you're also into the arts, whether it's modeling, whether it's movies or television. In the industry of television and movie, especially when you have to go for an audition, you get a lot of rejections. And sometimes you feel like, oh my gosh, I'm perfect for this part. What's wrong with these people? <laughs> this person has a problem. How do you handle rejection, especially for a young girl out there who might be wanting to get into the entertainment industry and might not be aware of how that rejection can really hurt them at a deep level that actually makes them do or make decisions that might not be healthy yes. for them down the road? How do you handle rejection and how do you rise above it? Yeah, that's a big prevalent problem in our industry. I came from a academic and a corporate background, so I'm sort of a fish out of water. In a way, it's good. This is all very new to me and the way that I approach Hollywood and auditions even was very different from actors who have studied acting in school, they have a degree, they've been doing it since they were 10. They were completely immersed in that industry and they have been rejected forever. Many, many, much more experiences of that. For me, my spiritual kind of philosophy on this is there will be roles with your name on it and nobody can take that away from you. I truly believe that. And even in my life, many roles I have won, let's say, that it was meant for me. And when you look at the great stars, you look at the greatest performances, nobody else could have done it. And it had their name on it. They obviously auditioned, they got it and they performed and they delivered and we can now enjoy their beautiful performances. So you have to trust that there is the right role out there for you. Also, this is a time when you can't personalize it. Your performance might have been great, but maybe they were looking for red hair and you had black hair. It might have been something very mundane. It's not about you or your performance. It's about something that has nothing to do with you and something that you can't control. And often casting decisions are made like that. It's like, we need short hair. She has long hair. To chop it off is too much work. You know, let's just get the other person who had short hair and they were sort of almost the same level at the audition. So they go with that. So it has nothing to do with you. You have to not personalize it. I think as a young woman, especially, when you get a lot of rejections, you can't think something is wrong with me. What can I change? Can I change my nose? Can I change my hairstyle? Because this ain't working. No, because you will change it. And trust me, it still won't work. There'll be something not quite real about you. And people know when you've had something done and it doesn't look right. And honestly, nobody wants that on camera. You will never get gig if you noticeably have had something done. And a lot of young actors don't realize that. They think, if I could just change this one thing about my physical appearance, like it never works. It looks so odd, you know, and then it's too late by the time you've gone through it. Preeti, I have to tell you, you know, we have another show that we've been doing with Bridging India and America. And yes. in talking to or researching some of the celebrities in Bollywood and stuff, I was very surprised to see how much adjustments have been made in terms of their features. And there yes. are some that I have observed and seen, and I say, wow, they're flawless, they're perfect, and yet they've made adjustments. And I've said to myself, is it something inside of the soul that doesn't feel that it's beautiful, that doesn't just feel it? And 
I would love to know what are some of the tips that you apply to take care of your inner world? What are your self-care tips that, despite if you're here, looks like a Rasta man, no pun intended to the Rastafarians out there, but however it is, when Preeti looks in the mirror, I mean, she's in a place inside of her soul, and she sees that part of her that's the real beauty. How do you serve that part? What are some of the tips that you can leave us with to serve that inner beauty? Oh, that's a beautiful question again. And yes, I must say, Bollywood today, they have as much work done on themselves as much as Hollywood, if not more. And it's very sad that Bollywood actors and actresses feel the need to maybe look more like Hollywood stars or something different. And in fact, Hollywood is becoming more simple, more plain, less makeup. You know, when you look at European movies, like French movies especially, they're very like au natural, right? So even the big stars wear no makeup on screen, which is beautiful. I find that quite attractive and the Scandinavian movies are like that too, because there's nothing like natural beauty. And Indian women, they're so beautiful, especially the actors. They shouldn't be doing that and overdoing it with cakes of makeup and stuff like that. But I think industry is telling them something the studios and the directors are telling them something. I'm not even sure if it's working because a lot of these big budget movies in Bollywood have flopped in the last few years and it's the little independent movies with no-name actors that have done very well. So I think Bollywood needs to wake up a little bit on that front because nobody wants to see the fakeness anymore. We want to go back to the old day, the oldies, you know, the 70s, the 50s, 60s, 70s when it was so natural. For me, let's see, I think nothing is more beautiful than a beautiful smile. And I think if you make eye contact with someone and you smile at them beautifully, anyone will be affected. Anyone will be flattered and touched. And both men and women don't do it enough. I can tell you that around the world they don't do it, but definitely in America they don't. So as I travel, I always look at people and smile and they are so affected by it. And even here at home as well. So. We all have to do that. Even I've gotten into the habit of being so busy with my life that I forget to be very present sometimes. And you have to remind yourself, the smile is the most beautiful weapon. It can make anyone, no matter what you look like, it can make you look like a million bucks if it's a beautiful smile from your heart. And you can tell the difference between when it's authentic and when it's not. So I think definitely smile, be happy, come from love, you know, and it doesn't matter what you look like, but if you're emanating love, you're just a good person trying to be caring about the world. People see that. It's very attractive. And I would say get sleep, be hydrated, simple things like that. Take care of yourself, love yourself, forgive yourself, be kind. You know, eat well. Obviously, I'm a vegetarian. A vegetarian diet is very good for the body and the skin, of course. And the less you smoke and do all of those chemical concoctions, because they do affect your skin. So I think the best beauty tips are free and they are actually very simple but people won't do them because it sort of takes a lot of mind power to sort of go ahead and do it so so those are my tips for the girls beautiful tips love them all as we wind down our wonderful conversation together and we come to a close when you look inside of yourself and you do see the spark of light that you are and I'm sure you've tapped into the possibility of its potential, expanding even more. 
And then you look at your environment and it seems kind of just smaller than what you keep thinking or what you keep seeing. But knowing that that's a part of the journey, that's a stepping stone to it. Have you ever found yourself turning towards God to sometimes just keep you grounded or in keeping you right there where you need to be before it all explodes even bigger for you? Like, have you kept a very intimate, private relationship with the divine? I ask you that question because I think it's so important for the Shakti, for the woman out there who has to have that special spiritual factor as she goes into the jaws of the lion that that light just protects her. And there was someone who sent me a message about how they were lauding over their wife because he was saying that, you know, she's the backbone to how successful he has become. But the irony is she's ten times more successful than he is. And so I was thinking, well, who's her backbone? And then I remembered it coming up that, well, God's my backbone. That's where I get all my powers from. And so can you answer that for me? Like, what's that intimate, private connection that you have between you, the soul, and God? Beautifully questioned, I would say. And that relationship between you, your soul, and the divine is, I think, the most beautiful relationship, the most important relationship that anyone will ever have. Yet it's the one relationship that most people don't even know exists and uh, very few people actually engage in. When you get on your spiritual path, you will realize that such a relationship does exist and how important it is. Because I started on this journey when I was very, very young, I'm very lucky from a very young age, from very early 20s, I would say, I had this strong relationship, strong conviction. I mean, my parents are pretty spiritual. I would even maybe say they're, they're religious traditionally and they always, my whole life, whole childhood they kept our traditions you know our stories our mantras our chanting was it very important to us because we grew up in Middle East we grew up in places that didn't necessarily allow for other faiths but in our homes and in our hearts our traditions were kept alive and that's why I grew up with this great sense of understanding of hearing celebrating all the festivals and all of that and also going to all the temples eventually when we were living in Australia during my own journey, when I got on to my journey, that I realized how precious it is. When you meditate, I think you do speak, but I think you listen because they always say that prayer is speaking to God and meditation is listening. It's very true. I think the more you do that, and also what I've learned is the angels are out there around you. They're always there. They're here to help you. You have to ask the universe for assistance. You have to ask the divine for assistance because they're here to give it to you. Don't feel that you have to go at it alone. I think a lot of people, even on the spiritual path, think that this is such a solo journey and it's a tough journey. I don't know where the light is at the end of the tunnel. Why am I going down this path? It's hard, but just trust that the universe is here for you and it will send you the people and events along your path to make everything just right. And if you ask for the universe to put you where you need to be, Trust me, it will. And you have to let go. You have to surrender. And it's a learning process, you know. Your whole life, I think, you get slowly better at it. Even I'm learning to surrender more. And I know there's much more surrender to be had, more magic to be had as well. So I'm very excited. I think I'm at an interesting point in my life where maybe my idea of why I had moved to 
Los Angeles has changed because I feel like there's much bigger callings, but there is a Hollywood component to it as well. And there are other things as well. And I think all of that is going to manifest magically in a very big way for me very soon. So very exciting and a little bit unknown. I don't know how all of this is really going to explode for me, but I think it will. I get a sense it will. And I just need to just enjoy the journey. Another adventure just waiting for you, right? Just around the corner. Preetu Paula, thank you so much. What's the best website that folks can learn more about your work? Oh, thank you so much. I am very active on social media. You can find me on Twitter, on Instagram. It's the Preeti Effect. And I have my own channel called The Preeti Experience on YouTube. And I have my podcast. But I do have a specific website just for my show, which is called www.thepreetiexperience.com. If you go there, you'll get my bio, and I'm going to upload all of my content there soon. The site is live, so please go there. I'm on Facebook as well. LinkedIn is just Preeti Upala. So please do find me. You can Google my name and articles and videos, and PreetiUpala.com will also be live soon. There are many ways to get in touch with me, so please do. I love hearing from people. Everyone, I hope you've enjoyed our time together with Preeti Upala. I'm sure this is a conversation that you'd like to play back over and over again because you would have missed something. And you're going to want to go back to it and say, oh, what did she say? Oh, yeah, yeah, that was great. Thank you all for the time that you've invested in listening to the both of us. And may something that came out of today's conversation really injected you with some extra light and insight and power. You know that's the reason why we do this every night is that we just end up better versions of ourselves. There's so much potential in us. There's so much good. There's so much good and purity and peace in each and every one of us that we can just stop getting distracted and listening to those vibrations that are just so not inspiring. I think we need to break that addiction to negative stories, negative news, And something that I'm taking away that Preeti was sharing, you know, when it comes on to rejection, don't take things so personal. It's that taking things personally that can just really sabotage all those emotions in you and just break you into a million pieces. The next normal is not about a weak emergence of our personality. The next normal is about you coming into your own right and your own power and your own beauty and not being ashamed of whatever that it needs to be. That it could be something that looks really grand in front of the world or it could be something that's really grand within your family. Don't underestimate it. Remember, no one can take away your happiness unless you give them permission and We really are here to practice loving each other the same. Thank you for tuning in to The Next Normal. I'll see you again tomorrow. Lots of love, lots of light, and a big Om Shanti. Take care.
I'm Sister Jenna. You've been listening to America Meditating Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Did you enjoy that conversation? Because you can also listen to it on Spotify or in iTunes 24-7, anytime, anywhere. I do trust we all have inner power to become our very best. When we listen with curiosity to learn more, we grow. So thanks so much for tuning in, and do be easy on yourself. Take care.